0: It's my fancy intro music. Hello there. Welcome to the first episode of the Social Media Psychology Podcast. My name is Joe Federer. I am your host, your resident internet dork, marketing strategist, and general guide to understanding the psychology of users in different online spaces. In this podcast, we're going to explore various events that happen online, interesting digital trends, marketing campaigns, and generally things that are relevant to those of us in advertising, communications, or who are just generally trying to understand how to integrate better into digital culture, which is a particularly hilarious community on Reddit if you're at all involved in marketing, advertising, especially in social media. The Fellow Kids community is a reference. The name is a reference to a scene from the show Thirty Rock, where Steve Buscemi is. uh, I believe he's dressed as an. He's he's supposed to be an undercover cop, and he is dressed in a backwards baseball cap, um, a band T-shirt that says "Band T-shirt." He's got a skateboard over his shoulder, carrying a backpack, and he walks up to a group of kids with. Steve Buscemi being perhaps the the least teenagery looking person in the world um, and introduces himself saying, how do you do fellow kids? And this is a metaphor uh, deemed by the Reddit community for what it's like to interact with brands in social media. And I I find that particularly hilarious uh, and and a little too close to home to be comfortable. Um, But regardless, wonderful community. Highly recommend you visit it. Check and see if any of your brands are there because odds are they probably have shown up once or twice. Now, the the first uh, and a, a pressing topic in this community over the last couple weeks has been uh, Pride Week and Pride Month. I think we, we can, most of us, hopefully all of us, hopefully everyone listening to this podcast uh, can agree that Pride Week is wonderful. It's great to see people celebrating their identities. Um, however, there is some interesting skepticism on the part of the Reddit community, and I think it's, it's worth discussing, uh, even if we might we might disagree um, with the premise here. So the, the first post I want to discuss, this is the top post from the fellow kids community in, in quite a long time with 26,000 upvotes certainly reached the front page and grabbed the attention of millions and millions of Redditors uh, throughout the site by, by kind of reaching the top of the popular feeds um, actually is a reference back to that same scene from 30 rock. Um, it displays Steve Buscemi now with a band t-shirt replaced by a rainbow t-shirt. The caption at the top is companies during pride week and Steve Buscemi is captioned saying, how do you do fellow gays? And the, what, what the community is getting at here, right, is this idea that um, corporate America, that brands uh, that are, are changing their logos or making posts about pride uh, are doing so in a way that, that's a little bit inauthentic or at least comes from a place of we're trying to sell more units. We're, we're trying to latch our brand onto a trending topic no different than we might with a meme community uh, or like the latest meme format uh, or a trending hashtag. Here's just another thing that we can kind of attach our brands to um, and find some sort of relevance pocket and goodwill with people. No, I I think there's there's certainly a, a kind of fair debate on either side of this. You know, I think years ago, uh, before it was commonplace for brands to participate in Pride, particularly the first few brands that did it and did it well. Uh, you know, were, we're really breaking new territory, and certainly that was something that the LGBTQ community. Um, looked at as a win. Now, the we are so accepted that even the corporations and brands that we that we identify with and purchase um, are willing to celebrate this week with us. On the other side, there is a there is a fair point about, you know, is this authentic? Is what's happening here a genuine celebration of? gay culture, of of LGBTQ culture being accepted in the mainstream, or are brands finding a way to, like I said, insert themselves into a conversation that really doesn't have very much to do with them? The comments section of these posts, and of this post in particular, uh, are are pretty interesting uh, and hilarious, Um, ranging from... Uh, quote: They know the power of the gay community when it comes to purchasing. Despite the cheesiness, this is a power move for corporate America, which is, I think, an interesting kind of meta perspective. Which is what you are most likely to find in the Reddit community. They, whether or not they're correct, you know, they this is a community that really likes to feel like they understand uh, the kind of bird's eye level view of what's happening in social media. And in this case, I think there's that, that's certainly a fair point. Now, of course, the next top-level comment is a trolley joke which reads, why don't they become black for Black History Month? But if we go to another top-level comment down, we get another interesting perspective, uh, which reads, that's so freaking true. I can't count how many companies that do nothing to support LGBT people suddenly cover themselves in rainbows to get attention and profit off of it but it's still awesome that companies are supporting pride and I hope that they continue. That I think gets to a really interesting and a really uh, incisive um, place that as brands, you know, this is it, you know, we, we often fail at this. Um, We as, as kind of marketers, communicators, advertisers, are looking for these kind of culturally relevant moments that we can kind of insert ourselves into um, and become part of these conversations. And certainly that's worthwhile and that's very successful for lots of brands in lots of spaces. But here's a place where lots of brands are doing this. Some brands genuinely support LGBTQ people um, in ways that are more robust than changing their, you know, social media logo to be a rainbow flag. And, Social media users, and especially people on Reddit who are discussing this type of thing, are looking at that and saying, are you walking the walk? Are you, as a company, just changing your logo to get attention? Or are you genuinely supporting the gay community? Um, And I think that kind of gets to the level of transparency and the level of alignment that we as brands in social media and we as communicators need to understand that there will always be this kind of level of skepticism um, applied to us, or rather it can always be applied to us. So it's important for us as brands to maintain things like our larger brand strategy and to ask these questions of ourselves as we're making social media content, as we're engaging in conversations that are know this is a it's a serious thing um you know gay pride certainly is is a fun i think i can say flamboyant without being offensive um moment i'm going to the gay pride parade in san francisco if that if that adds any credibility to me Um, but it's also something that is really uh personal to people and so If we as brands really want to integrate into that conversation, I think it's worth asking ourselves, what else are we doing? What are ways that we could really deliver on support of LGBTQ communities and individuals and brand fans? Are there stories that we can tell? Are there other ways that we can really kind of look at ourselves and say, you know what? Here's what it means for us to stand up uh, and be part of this. I want to move on to, uh, it's a, a pretty hilarious juxtaposition if you ask me, um, but I'm also a person who's kind of willing to laugh at politics, so hopefully this isn't <laughs> too controversial for anyone. I certainly didn't think that the second example uh, in a, a internet culture podcast uh, of mine would cover Ted Cruz, the politician, but... I have to admit, this was a pretty hilarious moment Um, for him on Twitter. uh, What looks to be kind of like a troll page or or kind of like a political meme page uh, writes a tweet that says, if Ted Cruz runs for office again, can we bring this back? And it is a political pin with Ted Cruz's face on it. And rather than a campaign slogan, uh, the caption at the bottom says, this man ate my son which, you know, this is a hilarious tweet in and of itself um, and got plenty of attention. Ted Cruz retweeted this and <laughs> responded, he was delicious! With an exclamation point from his verified account. And I, you know, you, you got to give it to him there. I think that's, this is something that particularly with politicians, but, you know, with brands as well, we're so thin-skinned when it comes to social media. And anytime time we get a bit of skepticism or somebody makes a stupid meme that includes our brand in it. You know, the alarm bells start going off. We go into PR crisis mode. We try to find what are the things that we can do to to negate the backlash. Do we need to respond? Do we need to come up with a canned response for our Facebook page when people come and ask us about this stuff? But social media is so about self-deprecation, particularly in these kind of anonymous spaces where, you know, Twitter is, is not, I wouldn't say on average an anonymous internet channel, but there's certainly a robust section of the, of Twitter culture that is reserved for this kind of, it's, it's like the anonymous internet. It's like a 4chan um, that kind of can go off the rails and, and kind of be jabby and bantery. And this is a lesson that we can, we can all learn from that, if we lean into those jokes about us, if we're willing to poke fun at ourselves, it takes the teeth out of any kind of actual criticism that's happening there. And, you know, where this is, you know, for Ted Cruz, I'm sure that there are uh, plenty of of negative conversations happening about him on the internet generally. But for him to take a conversation like this, a pretty, you know, on-the-nose meme... That's that's just it's pure negativity towards Ted Cruz in a way that's totally absurdist and to engage with it. You know, it, it shows a character, you know, whether this is actually Ted Cruz or a Ted Cruz PR team, which is my suspicion. Um, it's done a lot for his brand. And the caption from fellow kids is I actually love this which is pretty amazing for a um, generally Democrat-leaning community like Reddit. Now, Xbox is going to get a couple of shout-outs in this section. Um, The the caption for this post is, What the fuck, Xbox? Apologies for the profanity there. Um, But I think it's warranted in this case (laughs) where... uh, the an xbox official page is tweeting at an official nintendo page with uh, an image of what looks to be a character dropping into a game and saying we've waited we've waited a long time to say this want to smash so we're supposed to kind of read into this, both uh, kind of quippy, uh, maybe there's some sort of Xbox, Nintendo, Super Smash Bros, um, or Super Smash Ultimate, whatever the new one's called. Uh, Tie in here, maybe an Xbox character is coming to play there. Um, But it's a double entendre, and the other side of the entendre is that um, Xbox is kind of, going to have sexual relations with the Nintendo brand. Um, I guess in a world where that's allowed to happen, it makes sense that they they could potentially birth a child, which might be the Xbox character entering the Smash universe. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Top comment. Kind of reflects my sentiments. It is a... Who thought this was a good idea? No question mark at the end. We're not really asking the question. We're just kind of rhetorically like, that's a weird move, guys. Hershey's got a a special call out in the fellow kids community this week. Um, Hershey's is etching emojis into iconic chocolate bar to speak, to spark conversations between parents and kids. Uh, And we have an image of a chocolate bar with different emojis imprinted on it. This is just, it's such a, a played out idea, right? Let's stick emojis on stuff because kids love cell phones and mobile and emojis are on mobile and cell phones and therefore we will integrate our brand with emojis and Kids will love our emojis just as they love emojis on the phone. Emojis on the phone are a way of communicating with other people, right? How many emojis via chocolate bar are Hershey's people expecting to send back and forth? I guess the idea is that, like, I'll break off a piece of my chocolate bar that has the smiley face or the hearty face or the, the fist bump emoji and that will spark a joyous moment between me and my child or my parent Um, the caption this is obviously the fellow kids screenshot is a person who's retweeted that original tweet that I just read with a, a hypothetical conversation between a parent and a child look there's an emoji on this chocolate bar okay it's a, it's a, you know, top question, top comment on this one is how the F is this supposed to spark conversation? And then the joke from the original tweet is repeated. Reddit loves to reflect uh, their own inside jokes. Often that happens right within comment threads like this. I don't know about that one, Hershey's. I'm, I'm curious to see how that one plays out. Maybe it's interesting, Maybe it's reaching for a millennial play that just isn't quite there. The last highlight. Now this is we're we're getting back to Xbox, and this is a this is a real this is a real puzzler for me. I don't know what to do with this one. So we have a collaboration here between Xbox and Axe Body Spray, and the ad that was screenshotted by this redditor is uh, is a suite of products that you know it looks like just kind of green body gel and sprays and stuff and the caption is smell like a gamer now i i am a gamer i already admitted to you guys that i'm a dork i wouldn't i wouldn't be here doing a podcast about the internet if i wasn't a big dork i'm not ashamed of being a gamer i'm i'm proud to let y'all know that that i'm a gamer that I, I waste time sitting in front of a computer simulating, doing cool things. I don't think that I want to be known for smelling like a gamer. I don't know if this is perhaps a, you know, maybe this is a, hey, let's, let's reform gamer smell, uh, let, let, let's reform the way people think about how gamers smell by giving them this badge-worthy smelly spray stuff so that they smell so good that we're going to change the way that people think of gamers smelling. I don't, I don't know that adding an Xbox logo to body wash and deodorant is what's going to spark um, that, that kind of smell revolution among gamers. Um, but, but what do I know, right? Now, the, the conversation around this one um, kind of reflects uh, an expected cast of brands, Mountain Dew and Domino's Pizza get call outs in the top comment, followed by Chicken Tendies and Doritos, um, and then some more video game characters and Hot Pockets. Um, right, so we're, we're kind of painting this product suite immediately into the category of, of neck beardism. Um, if you're not familiar with what a neck beard is, uh, you can visit a community on Reddit called r just neckbeard things, and you'll you'll start to get a picture of it. A neck beard is a, a derogatory term for gamers who uh, generally have kind of un, unkempt facial hair. Often, you know, they're they're caricatured as just having beard of the neck. Um, they are often pictured with. Fedoras, they are stereotypically people who probably live in mom's basement, who uh, maybe went to college, maybe didn't go to college, but certainly aren't pursuing any any large life goal beyond uh, poning noobs in, I don't know, World of Warcraft. It's kind of unfair to pick on World of Warcraft, it's been around for so long and I played World of Warcraft. It's a good game, but you know, it's just I don't I don't know where you guys are going with this one Xbox and Axe. This one this one's a real real mind boggler to me. Um, now what I do find kind of hilarious is that another another top comment within the the thread here is calling for a PC body wash playing up the rivalry between consoles and the what what they kind of self-dub as the PC Master Race. Um, Also in a hilarious subreddit, if you're interested in PC gaming, PC Master Race is a set of gamers who, in a tongue-in-cheek way, kind of define themselves as being the superior gaming class because if you learn how to build your PC, you can make it run faster and better than you could if you paid a little bit more for the easier and kind of ready to go console. So, that's what we have for the fellow kids section of highlights here. Now, we're gonna move on shortly to some organic highlights of pockets of of the internet and ads that people are organically getting really excited about. Now, the first ad I wanna talk about is an ad for alzheimer's awareness and this is a it's really interesting this was posted to a community called r slash design porn so this is getting particularly particular recognition from graphic designers and, and illustrators and people who are kind of gifted with the the creating visuals the ad is a full page sweep in what looks to be either a, a black and white magazine or a newspaper, and it's laid out to look almost as if it's just another article, but three quarters of the page is blank, and the remaining quarter of the page is beginning to smudge and fade away, so you're getting the sense of, of kind of lost information and and things that were there that are no longer accessible. It's a really nice way of kind of encapsulating the, the disease, right? So we're, we're kind of creating this meta-level advertisement that tells people, that puts people in the perspective of someone suffering from Alzheimer's. And I think, you know, the, in terms of just the, the medium, the way that this has spread means that there's something really worth paying attention to here. So this is this is a, a print piece in a Belgian publication. It's not even written in English. At least the, the majority of the publication is not. There's a, a small section at the at the bottom right corner that's that's legible in English. But here's a piece that was created for print but that has made the front page of an English speaking website that's extremely competitive in terms of of kind of how it bubbles up content. So I think the the lesson here is that this meta-level awareness of our medium is something that really, really grabs attention for people. It's certainly something that, you know, we see done uh, by kind of leading social and digital brands. Um, But the... You know, the part of the lesson to me here is that even when we do that effectively in channels that are not digital, there's potential for people to find it so compelling that this word of mouth, this elusive word of mouth quality that we all aspire to with our ads, um, this is an interesting ingredient, this kind of meta level awareness of the medium in which we're kind of delivering our message. The next ad I want to talk about was an anti-smoking ad, and this was posted to a community called r/interesting as fuck. Again, sorry, apologies for the, the explicit language there, but you know what? That's what it's called. Um, and the the ad is uh, it's very clever. It makes sense why Reddit would would kind of stick this on the front page together collectively. Um What's being recreated here is a game of Brick Breaker. Um, If you remember that game, it's where you control a little bar at the bottom of your screen. Your goal is to bounce a block uh, or a pixel up to break up blocks that are kind of making up a a top level to the the level. Um, In this ad, uh, the cigarette A cigarette is uh, the bar at the bottom, and it is rather than knocking away blocks from um, just a pattern, it's knocking away blocks from what looks like to be a a lung. Um, Right, so cigarettes are bad for your lungs is the core message here, but it's characterized, it's it's demonstrated in a way that's so creative and so interesting. Um, and, the, you know, I think also gets to this place of, you know, in, in the game Brick Breaker, which most Redditors are familiar with, hopefully many of you are as well, um, each time we knock a brick up, we're, we're kind of destroying an, a brick at the top, which is our goal in the, in the typical game. But obviously, when we're knocking cigarettes into our lungs, and we're seeing our lungs chipped away at by each cigarette there's a real tangible message there that takes something from this kind of bland, mundane, yeah, we all know that cigarettes are bad for our lungs and visualizes it in a way that makes it much more kind of close to home and much more real. Even if the bricks don't correspond with the actual number of cigarettes that are, you know, doing serious harm to your lungs, it looks like there's probably a hundred or 200 uh, bricks making up the lungs, you probably can survive more than one or two hundred cigarettes. Um, but the message is the same, right? We're visualizing that cigarettes are chipping away at our lungs. You guys get it. The last ad I want to highlight here in terms of kind of organic traction on Reddit, this is a this is an ad that gets reposted every so often. Um, every couple of years, it makes the front page. This was posted to the Nostalgia subreddit. It's a very old ad. Um, it's, a, it's an adorable little redheaded girl in overalls and holding uh, this monstrosity. It's, it's a random accumulation of different Lego blocks. But the look on her face is that she's very, very proud of what she's made. And the caption reads, what it is, is beautiful. I think this is a really really nice message and and it's obviously something that lego gets exactly right um it's something that they they do really really well in their ads is kind of understanding that the toys that they make are not about the picture on the box or what can be created thanks to their guides the beauty of lego is in what you can create with it it's that's wholly yours and I think, you know, as I, as I remember back to my childhood and, and playing around with Legos and all kinds of those creative open-ended toys, certainly I followed the directions uh, when I first opened the box, but the fun happens when we break those back down and we get to see what else we can create with them. So that, that kind of sparking of nostalgia um, really kind of captured the Reddit community here. And that's another kind of uh, interesting angle that I I see very few brands take advantage of, but that lots of brands have the ability to really own is a nostalgia angle. I think often we're so bent on moving our brand forward and articulating our new branding and, and making sure that we feel updated and relevant Um, that we miss the low-hanging fruit of of kind of telling the story of where our brand has been. Uh, And that's equally interesting for the average person, uh, or at least the average person who likes and is interested in seeing content from our brand. So let's move on to a spotlight on the r slash advertising community. This is a community that, as the name implies, is centered around Redditors having conversations about advertising. Most of the people in the subreddit are agency folks or former agency folks. um, And they have really, really uh, interesting kind of insights and conversations about advertising. And I, I should mention that it's in this kind of sweet spot size of community on Reddit where the content isn't regularly making the front page because it's relatively small but it's active enough that there's a great amount of conversation happening in it. So this is where, you know, as a, as a big Reddit dork, I see the platform really shine. And the community had a really interesting conversation around the recent uh, North Face either success or debacle, depending on your perspective of it. Um, the brand apologized after the campaign um, essentially, what they did was they, they worked with uh, Leo Burnett uh, on altering the Wikipedia pages for uh, some popular kind of hiking and, and camping destinations and updated the imagery in Wikipedia articles to be people wearing North Face gear. Um, and, you know, the the initial insights from the brand uh, you know, seemed like they, they really kind of had, had leaned into it. Uh, the CEO of, of North Face Brazil said, our mission is to expand our frontiers so that consumers can overcome their limits with the Top of Images project. It's a pretty on-the-nose name, brief aside from me. We achieved our positioning and placed our products in a fully contextualized manner as items that go hand-in-hand with these destinations. So you definitely are going to need North Face gear in order to enjoy all the wonderful views and the beautiful nature, just as all humans have for hundreds of thousands of years. It's a campaign that, you know, it's it's reflected in the conversation in the Slide advertising community and i think it's it's spot on here um there's a real disconnect here between how we advertisers think about our brands how we think about you know these opportunistic moments of of finding organic traction and organic and creative places to manifest our brand and things that are just kind of off limits um the top comment in the r/slash advertising thread is short and sweet. Someone put it this way: "It's like defacing a national park." And I think that's that's a pretty spot-on metaphor here. Um, you know, another another piece of this conversation is around how uh, the community here is lamenting that you know odds are they're gonna win a bunch of awards on this campaign, which again gets to this kind of uh, problem that I think is only widening in the digital era uh, of how we advertisers are evaluating ourselves and, you know, I think often are making ads for advertisers as opposed to thinking about what's the real impact on the human beings uh, that we're trying to get to buy into our brand, whose perceptions we're trying to change, who... We're trying to tell that we're relevant and positive forces in the world. Another strong uh, comparison here to Patagonia, uh, favoring Patagonia and and kind of citing a lot of the work that Patagonia did uh, or does, I should say, um, in preserving national parks. Um, but it's you know it's it's generally very disconnected from what people who are genuinely outdoorsy and appreciate nature uh, are looking for from a brand like this. Um, another, another interesting comment from the thread reads, so off-brand so off for North Face, it's ridiculous. How do the values behind guerrilla marketing tactics translate to environmental stewardship? Personally, I can't see how this was even supposed to be successful, just stupid all around. That's it's a little harsh. That's a that's an internet comment for you. But um, you know, again, you know, even kind of going back to uh, our initial conversation around transparency and needing to be aligned, you know, for our audience, you know, as we as we kind of discussed gay pride earlier. Here's an example of North Face taking a step that was totally out of line with the perception that they've been trying to build with consumers. It's not a value add. This isn't somewhere that they're they're trying to find a way to, you know, offer up a series of of insider guides to the the places in these parks that you didn't know you needed to see, or you know, organizing trips for people in inner cities to go, uh, you know, hike in buses out to these monuments and these places or not monuments these these national parks and these uh, attractions that they may never have seen before and capturing that kind of amazement on their faces right this is we're going to do product placement on wikipedia which you know is is uh, it's a neutral state on the internet wikipedia is you know it's it's got an interesting troubled history of of funding of its own. But, you know, this is something that it really seems to, to kind of cross the line of, of kind of internet culture and, and what's acceptable in terms of leveraging this potential organic attention. And it, it opens Wikipedia. I'm sure that people at Wikipedia are kind of spinning, kind of trying to figure out how do we make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, there's even conversation in this Thread comparing the the Burger King hack, uh, when they they kind of hacked into to Alexas or activated Alexas with their their TV commercial um, and subsequently updated the Wikipedia page. You know, in a sense, their Burger King is getting a little bit more favorable treatment here because they were they were not nearly as heavy handed or sneaky. Um, as North Face seems to be in this situation, but certainly not a favorable look, at least in terms of analysis by the r slash advertising community. And last but not least, we should pay a little bit of attention to what's happening with brands at E3, uh, that being a place that, interestingly, lots of brands are, are kind of trying to Uh, enter in terms of kind of gaming space. I cannot help but see lots of headlines about the Miller Lite can trollers, uh, which are beer cans that apparently function also as simple video game controllers. As a gaming dork myself, I am skeptical as to how those things handle. Um, But... It's an interesting play, and Miller Lite has kind of been ramping itself up uh, as a potential gaming sponsor over the last year or so. They became a sponsor of the Team Complexity, which is an esports team. Um, and they've recently launched a Twitch channel. And I, I could not help but find this particularly hilarious that when I went to tune in to Miller Lite's stream for E3, which seems to center around uh, who I assume to be Team Complexity playing um, different kind of like simple games against each other. I had to watch an ad for Twitch, for some Twitch functionality. So I go to Twitch, I go to the Miller Lite channel on Twitch, where... I'm looking for the advertising stream that Miller Lite is broadcasting. And in order to access the advertising stream, I have to watch another ad about Twitch and their Twitch Prime integration or something along those lines. Kind of hilarious. Kind of really annoyed the the shit out of me, but um, this is the dystopian advertising ridden world that we live in today. Um, Miller Lite is doing some, you know, it's, it, it's doing the obvious things. It's got a partnership with Eric Andre. They're going to play Street Fighter V in order to win one of the canned trollers. You have to beat Eric Andre. They only have two of them, so they're, or the 200 of them, so they're they're kind of building in this exclusivity um, to the campaign. It's an interesting play. I see very little organic conversation, kind of sparked uh, in Reddit and Twitter about the experience, though. And those are really the places that you you kind of expect gamers to get really excited about about this kind of stuff. Um, we don't have a ton of insight into what a Facebook trend is going to look like because Facebook obviously kind of protects the organic conversations that are happening in in terms of social listening tools behind um, needing friend connections uh, in order to understand what that kind of organic traction will look like. But places like Reddit, where people are organized by their interests, we'd really expect to see some community get really excited about the Eric Andre thing or some community get really excited about the Street Fighter thing. There's just not a lot of reflection um, about the partnership in any of those places. Now, I want to contrast this against a game that I, I actually already mentioned briefly in the podcast here, but a game called Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out in about a year it's coming out in april of 2020 and you know there there are lots of kind of anticipated hyped up games that are coming out next year that will have tons of organic conversations um, kind of about them that will excite individual communities Um, like i said on on places like reddit on places like twitter where people can kind of like have these threads of conversations amongst other gamers or amongst people of the same interest sets as them. Cyberpunk 2077 um, is coming out of a studio that is is kind of beloved by uh, internet gamers everywhere after um, their very, very popular Witcher 3 installation, which came out a few years ago. Um, but we, we've seen a lot of, of kind of studios rise and, and fall, uh, you know, as, as they come out with games. Bethesda has kind of fallen out of favor with many of the kind of hardcore gamers with their, their kind of most recent projects. Um, CD Projekt has managed to overwhelm all E3 conversations with a play that just completely broke out of... The expectation of an E3 kind of announcement. So, um, the Cyberpunk game has been has been talked about for a long time. It's you know you, you might even call it CD Projekt's uh, Half Life Three, which is a game that infamously will probably never come out, uh, but is is <laughs> perhaps the most anticipated game by by super dorks like myself everywhere. Um, we've been hearing about Cyberpunk for a very very long time them coming to E3 and talking about cyberpunk was not out of the realm of expectation. It probably was deeply expected, by, especially by people who know the studio well. Um, but they managed to kind of break out of their individual communities by un- unveiling this partnership with Keanu Reeves, that Keanu Reeves is going to play some character in the game. And they have really managed to grab attention away from just about every other brand advertiser or other game that's being announced and, and kind of talked about at E3. And the way they did it um, was that they've been, well, one, they've been very, very cryptic about what the Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay is going to look like. They haven't given us a ton of sense of, of kind of what the ethos is beyond that it's kind of referencing an old Uh, text game that I believe is called Cyberpunk 2020 I guess 2020 is coming up a little too quick so they they had to go a little further in the future to find all the cool stuff Um, but by announcing Keanu Reeves as a character element to this game uh, and then having Keanu Reeves come out on stage and kind of talk to the gaming community um, about why he's excited about the project it really it it took this from kind of a a niche PC gamer deep deep kind of gamer uh, hyped up thing in the on the horizon for next year into something that is now you know entertainment. It's it's you know it's as if Keanu Reeves is announcing a surprise part in some new movie or new remake of a of a popular movie that's coming out. It's just totally grabbed the spotlight um, from every other game uh, that that is um, (laughs) being talked about at E3. And it's actually become one of the most purchased games on the Steam store right now. The Steam store is a a gaming um, store particularly for PC gamers. Um, And despite the general... Ethos in PC gaming of kind of hating this trend in pre-ordering. Um, pre-ordering is when we buy a game before it ever comes out. Almost a year in advance of Cyberpunk 2077's launch, they've managed to spike those those uh, purchases um, because people just know, look, I, I've got to play this thing if Keanu's in it. Um, and that's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to exactly say that, you know, the lesson for this is, you know, Keanu Reeves is, is better value talent than Eric Andre. I think Eric Andre's hilarious. He's definitely a person that's going to like engage a young male audience. Um, but I think there's something to do with with the depth of integration and, again, this ability of uh, CD Projekt to walk the walk rather than to create something that feels like an ad that's really created more for other advertisers than it is for the users. Um, You can tell that the people behind this game knew what a massive reveal it would be for Keanu Reeves to be part of the game. And they did an amazing job of making sure that that information wasn't broadly leaked anywhere before this kind of onstage moment where they they actually unveiled his kind of in-game character before they even brought him out on stage. And, you know, as soon as people kind of like saw the character in his image and heard his voice in it, um, there was just kind of an eruption in the crowd. So interesting kind of juxtaposition, I think, of what it means to really lean deeply into a culture, be it gamer culture or any other culture. One, you know, looks to uh, grab all of the right elements, but piece them together in a way that, you know, feels like it well could have been an outsider, as opposed to an approach that really puts us in the mindset of someone from our audience and tries to really wrap our head around what's going to make them so excited that they can't help but talk about this. What's going to make them um, so delighted and so surprised and so excited that we're going to really genuinely capture that um, and, not, and not kind of um, build a headline that, that we don't quite deliver on. So that is going to wrap us up here for episode 1 of Social Media Psychology the podcast. The main takeaway here for me is that in order for us, you know, whether we are brands or advertisers or public figures or communicators, in order for us to succeed in social and digital, in order for us to genuinely hold up to scrutiny we need to be walking the walk as much as we talk the talk. And you know, we we talk about this as an industry in terms of transparency. That's that's a word that we like to use. It's one of the top kind of pieces of of Edelman's uh, 2019 trust barometer that you know, brands are looking or consumers are looking for brands to be more transparent. They don't trust us as much. And I look at that as more a symptom than a cause, right? In order for us to be, in order for us to be trustworthy to people, what we say and what we do need to be aimed at the same thing. And hopefully some of the examples today of places where Redditors are organically talking about brands, of places where brands are activating passionate communities on Reddit or activating against interests that, that Redditors have. Um, shed some light on on how to and how not to be transparent and aligned in our brand strategy and our brand behaviors. If you enjoyed the content, I hope you subscribe. Please feel free to drop me a message or a comment. Let me know if there are topics, ads, campaigns that are top of mind for you that you'd like me to cover. And keep an eye out for my book, which will be Arriving in 2020 sometime. The working title is The Hidden Psychology of Social Networks. Keep an eye out for more content on the podcast derived from that.